0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com/fmlfpl Welcome to another Fireside Chat. This is Alon. Today, I'm joined by Michael Cayley of the Double Pivot Podcast. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, So we're going to kind of just get your take on a bunch of the uh, relevant fantasy teams and players in the game and just rapid fire through them, even though I know you're you're opposed to FPL and fantasy. Um, Let's start with... uh, (laughs) Let's start with Tottenham. You're a Spurs fan. Um, What do you think about Matto? James Madison.
1: Yeah, so I I think Madison is a... Really has been a really interesting player for the last several seasons. I've talked a bunch looking at like uh, Leicester over the years and why have they not improved why is so many of their players not improved in the in the, in the ways that we thought they would the yeah. way that you know daca has had a few years of no progress and no progress from harvey barnes you know, limited minutes at minimum for a and madison is the one kind of exception to that problem in the sense that one his his XG numbers are quite good. You know, he has been uh, the the last few seasons. um, He's, he's been, he's, you know, last season, he was at nearly 0.6 XG and XA per 90. Before that, he was like, you know, in the 0.45 range. And then on top of that, where he's outperforming his XG is primarily in goals. He is a, you know, he's, he's now got, a, a, a career of um you know of of over fi- of like over five hundred shots between the championship and um and, and the premier league and, and and there's a there's a good amount of XG overperformance in that so if you think that he is reasonably you know just a, you know a 10-15% overperformer that then adds to it. He's also a a, a chunk of his, of, of his, of his shot production also from assists comes from set pieces. He's, he's been getting, you know, um, I think about like a, a, something like a, a good chunk of his XG per of his expected assists per 90 have always come from set pieces. Last time, last season, it was about uh, like 40% of his, uh, of of that, but you know, he will be on set pieces for tottenham as well and i think that the the thing with with madison is that when he is fit he is a guy who produces a whole bunch of shots you know regularly over five shot attempts and shot assists total and the questions that you have with him are questions of well What's gonna? What would? Ha- does this guy have to be the main on-ball player for his yeah. team? How well is he? And so, if you're looking when, you, when you're thinking about him, yeah, you, know, you want to move him up a level. Like, where is he gonna go? Well, on Tottenham, he's gonna be the main on-ball player for his team. Yeah. He, he, he's. I. I think that they are going to be depending on him quite a bit. They do not have a lot of other guys who really like to be on the ball. One of the main other ones, you know, we'll see if uh, if if LaCelso plays. But like, then you're like. That's how far you're having to reach to find somebody who wants to be on the ball. If Kane stays, Kane does want to be on the ball. But like for the most part, it's a very, very off-ball attack that kind of needs someone like Madison. So like I think that, you know, him continuing to put up numbers in the like 0.5, 0.6 G plus A per 90, that doesn't seem unreasonable to me. And and, and you know, that that's a useful fantasy player and it's a useful Tottenham
0: yeah. player. I, I saw on the uh Forty five minutes he played against the Lion City Sailors. He took eight bad low XG shots. And I was like, oh, you know, that's our boy right there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yep. gonna score A- Again, some goals. like, you
1: know, that that's part of part of his production is you know, you can question how productive that is necessarily for the team. But yeah. he's the guy who's going to be on the ball. He's going to be, he's going to be taking those shots. Yeah. Some of them will go in and that's fantasy points.
0: Spurs really have a type, I guess. When you think of like Sun, Kane, Mata, they love extra overperformance. They love mm-hmm. finishing. Um, speaking of Sun, you think he's done?
1: Yeah. So it is a interesting question. Sun did, per- did put up somewhat better numbers down the stretch and then had a surgery at the end of the season. And he has now said in the press that he was playing injured the whole season, that he was in pain from this hernia the whole season. And so, my take on that would be this is not a reason to think that the Sun Hung Min that scored 20 goals is going to be back. If you look at his goal scoring over previous seasons, he never did that. Like, he had clearly a huge career season in 21, 22. He's, you know, been mostly uh, he's been sort of a 12 to 17 goal guy with spurs before yeah. that and and he also had a huge xg spike he'd be, he'd be like a 0.5 xg per 91 he's mostly been in the like 0.3 range with as you mentioned before huge finishing numbers yeah so like i think that in the same way that looking back at 21, 22 you shouldn't have looked at Sun as one of the very best players in the game. I think that the the injury stuff is enough to say, let's just toss it in the aggregate. This probably wasn't the cliff. You know, now you're averaging up a season where he was around, had had his worst scoring season and and, and relatively poor XG. And so, you know, you you toss that in the average with a um with, with some sort of some sort of age adjustment he and you would you would think that you would expect pretty good numbers uh you you would expect you know something this you now not you know you know his 0.75 g plus a per 90 which was what he was at before that huge season probably like you know cut that down a little bit those were yeah but those were his peak age seasons um i think the worry would be that you have a guy who played injured for an entire season. How well is his body going to come off of that? And to what degree is this just sort of something that's going to start happening to him? This is what happens to people at th- 31, 32 years old trying to play elite soccer.
0: And Don't so- remind me. It happens to you if you're <laughs> trying to move also at that age.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, if bodies bodies just, just constantly <laughs> fall apart. My teeth fall out. Yeah, soccer analytics really gets you in touch with like those inevitabilities when you look at those age curves over age it's just
0: like <laughs> everyone just gets worse. Like that's <laughs> yeah, just how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that's it. that's, that's good stuff on son. Yeah, I think the spike year kind of like distorts our view because if you look like his is XG and XA were basically in line with like all of his other seasons last season. It's just mm-hmm. that one season sticks out where he scored 23 and was just incredible. So, yeah, maybe, maybe back to normal. But I, I did have a follow up question on that before we jump to the next team, which is just sort of like, what are the good stats? Like in in fantasy, I think we have this constant battle against our own, you know, sort of cognitive biases. And for example, if I'm researching a player who I might bring into my team, If I like the player, I'll probably dig deeper until I find (laughs) stats that support my priors and be like, yeah, this guy's good and cool. I should get them in my team. So if you're looking at an attacker for, you know, say someone you're in a profile in the double pivot or something like that, like, what are you looking for? Like, what are the key numbers that you like to hone in on? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's you know especially when we're talking about fantasy so we're we're talking about you know goal and assist output for yeah. the most part you know i think that you know it, it it absolutely starts with xg i think that you know this is this is our if, if you want to start with one stat that's the place yeah. to start and and then i would look at something and then I'd further look somewhat with and and the other really important thing though is that i would look at xg over several seasons that that i think that we yeah. can get very this is actually something that i realized still doesn't exist and i am going to um this is something i want to do it's really simple like just how many seasons how many minutes of of, of numbers how far back are better at predicting like in 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 baseball we had the like the you had like five four you had five four three had 543 waiting the last 3 seasons yeah or three two one rating the last 3 seasons like i th- i think that you know but just generally to say you if you're looking at just like like looking at sun a, a, a year ago you really want to be bringing in other seasons and 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 the way that sun's numbers worked out last season is another indicator of why you want to right. do that um right. i think the other thing is that i would look at um, I, I then I think that like with XG, you know, a small um, I I wouldn't like put a huge amount of this. This would not be the first next thing I would look at, but certainly you know when we're talking about Sun in particular, someone who I don't think I've seen a, a a a study of the best finishers that hasn't had him in the top five. Oh, certainly yeah. in the top ten, like he has outperformed he outperformed his XG in Germany, like incredibly consistent across the board. And so I think that that is, you know, you, you certainly do expect the best finishers to continue to outperform XG. But that, that's a really, the, the other thing I look at, especially when I'm looking at a smaller sample, or talk about Sun or Madison, we have a huge sample of what they are. Yeah. And over um, what what stabilizes faster, if you have a smaller sample, you're going to have obviously more variance in finishing you're also going to have more variance in expected goals per shot. Uh, it just it's very clear that some players are better at getting good shots. Certainly some players like taking worse shots. Yeah. But if you have a player who is getting it done in a relatively small sample with high xg on a smaller number of shots, there's a there's a greater chance that there's a little bit of air in there that they got a couple of, you know, not that many minutes some some very big chances are distorting things. You you, what you like to see for consistency with uh, with strikers and goal scorers is shot volume as well right. as xG volume. Um, one of the other things to, to look at is, is especially with um, with assists is is breaking out whether they are on set pieces and how much they get from set pieces for for both the reason that obviously if a player is not going to be on set pieces anymore that that you should expect those numbers to go away like when yeah. you're looking at it for a team you are like you want to think about a player's value to that team and if they are being chosen for set pieces it doesn't mean that that 100% of their value is their skill and and all yeah, the other players on yeah, yeah. of the set players have zero value if you're playing fantasy that is actually exactly how you think about it the yep. player is on who is on, on set pieces or
0: they're not they take 100% or of the value not. yeah
1: and so i think that to, um you know, looking at breaking out, breaking out set pieces for assists is, is, is really crucial. And then the other thing is like with, is, with assists, you really, really need to be looking at expected goals assisted. Um, mm. and then the other thing with that is I like to look at whether those expected goals assisted corresponds to other good passing numbers because. Like, you okay. know, and so you, you can see this uh, that one of the simplest things that you know, FB ref has Optas XA, which is a statistic that is produced not from expected goals assisted, is what it says. That yeah. assi- they assisted the shot that had that many XG. And yeah. um, ex- Optas expected assists is measuring, okay, this pass was played from this point to this other point. Oh, and okay. what is the likelihood? And there's some other indicators in it as well. It's a little bit of a black box. Um, yeah. And so these things are, it's not, it's in no way a, a perfect statistic, but it's a good check. If someone is way above yeah. their XA, you want, you have some questions. The other thing is just looking at the other numbers. Like if a player is someone who's assisting a lot of shots, that suggests passing skill. There yeah, should yeah. be other things that suggest passing skill. There should right. be a higher rate of pass completion than you would expect for the client to pass as they're playing there should be more passes into the penalty area, more progressive passes as a percentage of the passes they're playing. And so again, like you want, because assist numbers are, there's more variance there, because obviously someone else did the shooting. um, That means that you want to be looking at finding more of a, more holistic evidence of that skill in the player's numbers.
0: Yeah, that all all makes a lot of sense. And FPL is just all small sample size. You know, so we always run into this issue of like, it's been three games do I bring this guy into my team is he really this good or is he just hot or whatever but I think also I just wanted to sort of like translate the Xg per shot thing that you said because we mm-hmm. always talk about it but I don't think that people understand it it's like some center backs just have crazy high XG like they just like lead the league in you know Xg per shot or something like that or close to it and it's like they get so few shots that it's like they just got that one tap in off a of flick on that was like 0.8 XG. And it just like inflates their numbers like crazy. Cause it's just so hard to try and find the center back goals or, or whatever. Exactly. They're
1: going to be, they're going to be getting headers on set pieces. And if a, one of those is a knockdown that they tap in, yeah. it, it, it all adds up. Cause then all the, all of those, uh, you know, those, those, those headers from, reasonably close by are not going to be zero xg so yeah. that, that that's how that's how it inflates the average yes. um, yeah there's a col- i was going to give up examples but we're going we're to be coming along to a bunch of other players so i think we can yeah get yeah. to them and i can give those examples
0: yeah let's jump to uh brighton who i think are just in a fascinating team in in real life mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. fantasy and i just saw them in person actually and they were just absolutely incredible oh, um, cool. is it reasonable to expect them being just a top four attacking team again like is that their level now?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's you know again, like this is why I like taking multi season samples. Yeah. And the they were not a top four attacking team this season before. They made a really big jump in their attacking production. And, you know, you can tell a story about why that happened. That happened because Deserbi is their coach and they play cool football now. <laughs> and, you know, it's not a totally unreasonable story, but they got a ton of attacking production, not just from some young guys, but like, Solly March had his best career season.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, so Gros, happy you're bringing him up.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he had, 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 a, had a fantastic season. Um, Trossard had one of his best seasons. Uh, Welbeck. Was was very, he didn't finish well, but his 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 xG was quite high. And there's just a lot of players who played yeah. very well in attack for this team. And uh, and and on top of that, they they will not have Trossard putting up you know, the, the 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 1300 very good minutes that he did. And so I would expect some certainly Gross and March. They have well established levels of production that they were well above. I would expect somewhat less from that. The the positive case. For Brighton, certainly is that inciso and Ferguson, who are very young yeah. eighteen year old eighteen year olds, both had really huge numbers in limited minutes. Yeah. and generally, like with how limited the minutes were, I would be skeptical of, you know if if there were no if I didn't think there were any air, in Nciso's numbers, I would be talking about him as, like, the next sup- like world superstar. <laughs> this is a guy who had, like, over four shots per 90, 0.67 G plus A per 90, 0.64 XG and XA per 90, while playing as really a 10 or a winger, or attack midfield, ne- basically never as a center forward. But it's 800 minutes, mostly as a sub. I think that there's some, some limitations. I think Ferguson will have limitations on his minutes as well. And but the the positive case, I would certainly expect them to fall back some in their yeah. attacking production because of the number. Of, it's very hard to look through this entire roster and find a player who didn't have at least a very good for them attacking season. And that doesn't happen very often. No coach can make every single player have a very good for them attacking season.
0: Yeah, but, that's kind of where I was going to go. It's just like, what is their talent level, right? Because like it's it's hard to imagine that, like you said, like a coach can just take Solly March from like point one point one five to one eight xG per ninety xG plus xA per ninety to point five five. Like I'm just like, what is happening? Like everyone's getting March in fantasy, and and Walsh and I on our podcast are just like, he's Solly March, he sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I think that's a really hard one to evaluate. And they're priced accordingly. Like They're priced not that highly. They're not like one of the big teams. And everyone's having a tough time sort of like separating out. Like, wait, but they're so good. But wait, they're priced like a mid-table team. Like, what do we do with that? And then I guess just a specific player that's new here is is Jao Pedro, which was not a cheap purchase by them. Just wondering what you think of, of him this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I like João Pedro very much as a signing for Brighton for the medium term. Okay. I think that between João Pedro and Enciso and, and, and Ferguson, they have a ton to dream on for the near future. But João Pedro is very much a bet on his ball progression. He has these in, this massive, massive number of take ons, high level of, of, of success. He's done this at a bunch of different levels. We 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 have a fair amount of Premier League minutes from him as well, where he was again able to really you know just take on defenders at a very high rate and beat them, which is a really, really good indicator for a young player. It's an yeah. indicator that captures both technique and uh, physical ability that's you know that's how you beat somebody is you have to you have to have technique and you've got to have the speed to get past them and and those and 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 he's got those things at the same time we also have three thousand championship minutes where he put up you know 0.45 goals and assists per 90 and and that's a little bit ahead of his xg like that is and then you have to take uh you know what like 20 plus percent off of that when you're when you're when you're converting yeah. from the championship to the Premier League. So yeah. like I think that the the fact that he was a a useful player in the Premier League at 19, and then a you know a good player in the championship at 20, and he has these huge ball progression indicators of skill um and technique are are, are really great. He's also a, a good presser. I would be surprised if he is a big shot and goal producer this mm-hmm. season. Like I would be I, I I I think in some ways the upside for Ferguson and and CISO in fantasy seems a little yeah. clearer although all of them, you know, all of them are 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 risks, are bets, are you know you know maybe you're watching this i don't i don't know how fantasy really works but maybe it's a, so, so i would be thinking about like you know if i were in a draft league i'd be looking at like them as a late pick that hopefully i can get a little yeah. before other people High ceiling. And, 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 yeah like like they're, they're in 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 sort of traditional fantasy it's sort of hard to like you monitor those guys and you hope to pick them up before their their prices go up i guess i don't really know how things work you you can explain <laughs> that but like i really like all of their ceilings i i for the team i think the positive bet is Say one or two of these guys make the leap now.
0: That's what they're doing. Then yeah. you're
1: looking at something really good good big. For fantasy, it's hard because you can't Brighton bought the aggregate of them. Very smart. In <laughs> fantasy, you can't buy the aggregate of those three. Right.
0: Guys. Right, right, right. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So it's kind of maybe one to monitor and just see, you know, how how quickly will Pedro supplant March or how quickly will Ferguson just start taking all of Welbeck's minutes or Willbeck gets injured and he just starts all the games or something like that. To, before we maybe jump on some other guys. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Um, the, the one guy I, I just w- would want to mention that, like, I think that for the other, the other upside player here that I think is really interesting is Mitoma.
0: I, I mean, we love Mitoma here, but talk to me about him. Yeah. How good is he?
1: He's well, well, I mean, he's great at a, at a couple of things that you, don't care about in fantasy which is you know not not optimal he's know, uh, just painful. a absolutely superstar uh ball progressor both passing and carrying bring the ball into the penalty area at absolutely massive rates um what i think is interesting is that he has the profile in a number of other ways his ability to make space with his with his ball carrying um his uh is that I would expect someone like that to be taking more shots, and Mm. he doesn't.
0: But he takes Um, good ones.
1: Exactly. And so my question, the way that you get a, because right now he is like a really good player because of his ball progression, and then he's putting up like really good XG and XA and and goals and assists per night. That that makes him like a, a legitimate Premier League star. But yeah. the, the the next step for him is more than two shots per ninety. Like if this guy was getting three or three and a half shots per ninety, like it would be very easy to see him as a star and as see him putting up much bigger fantasy numbers. And that doesn't seem super unreasonable from the rest of his profile, especially if the team is going to lean more on him this season. So like the the the. The thing that puts a ceiling on his production is the number of shots that he's taking. Yeah. And like, how weird would it be if he started taking more? It doesn't seem that out of the question. I I like I like my, again, these are all upside pieces that I like.
0: Yeah, but my my question I guess would be also did he just have a crazy career peak year? Because we we you know he came from Belgium playing eleven hundred minutes we we have like nothing on him he just came out of nowhere is he like we're talking about him as if he's a star and watching him is so exciting and I I like to watch him so I'm I'm happy to accept that but at the same time right this is twenty three hundred minutes in a top league yep. like how much va- there's a lot of variance still yeah, in he, his it, game exa- right? he and, could and just even- go the other way.
1: And, and i th- i think that that's a really really good uh good catch. We're talking about 2300 minutes in a top league. What's, what's interesting about his 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 Belgian league numbers is that the the i, I do have those the, the the ball progression numbers were elite there as well. Oh, uh, okay. So, you know, obviously like, you know, there's a difference between being elite for Union San Giles and being elite <laughs> for Brighton and <laughs> You know, you can you could imagine someone who is the best ball progressor in the Belgian league coming to the Premier League and being very good, rather than being one of the best ball progressors. The the shape of his production looks right, and he has this like you know fascinating career progression where he just starts very 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 late. Um, so he's only you know you would expect someone like him to have been playing professional soccer much earlier rather than coming out of uh you for your university into the J League. Yeah. And so he, he comes through later. So all of these things are are I find the story of how his 2590s are compelling, very compelling. But yeah. I think that um if you you are I th- I, th- I think you're making a very fair correction that if you are if you're betting on even further upside but you're holding co- con- constant his minute his numbers over 2690s, you are making an analytical mistake we we should right. we should be regressing that for those first 2690s to the mean and that means you know a little bit less shots a little bit less xg per shot and right. those sorts of things and so then so if you're taking upside off of you know nearly 0.5 goals and assists per 90 and better than that in xg if you're taking upside from you know say you had a you know a regression factor of like you know point two five and you're dropping down to maybe um point four like and then you're taking upside off that I think that's a that's a more compelling way of thinking about right,
0: it. Right. 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 It is also amazing how much of a difference I mean two shots to like two point seven five shots makes in like a mm-hmm. profile. Like you and yep. you and Mike always talk about this and it's not something that would have clicked in my head until you guys kind of like expanded on that. It's interesting. Um Let's jump to Villa. Um, another sort of good top half team, a lot of interesting fantasy picks here. Um, got better under Emery by all the numbers I've seen. Um let's start with Watkins. I mean, he's he's obviously a pretty popular fantasy pick. I mean, how how good is Ollie Watkins? He's entering his prime now. He's 26, 27.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, he's been pretty consistent mm-hmm. over his over his career and um, what he's given Villa that I think should not be underrated in fantasy is he's on the pitch all the time. You no, know, he 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 started all forty six matches for Brent for his last <laughs> season in the championship. Insane. And so, if you're looking at his uh, you know his goals and assist numbers, it's like you know point five, and his xG is right about in line. So he, he's he been a very goals equals XG guy for yeah. a while. And, you know, it, 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 so you add all of those things up and you're getting like 0.5 goals and assists per 90. It is solid, not superstar production. But when you are able to start 37, 33, and 36 games, and before yeah. that, my God, 40, 39, 35, 46, the man yeah, is made is a of adamantium. Monster. Like, <laughs> that translates to 10 to 15 goals. And right. that is, uh, again, like, uh, that that has a, I think that has a lot of value for Aston Villa or for whatever team, because they don't have, they, they have less to worry about. Um, it's not incredible, Per ninety minutes, if you're betting on him, what you're betting on is that he has dis- is that he has um, is that he has displayed a skill of staying healthy, and that Villa are going to continue depending on him as their healthy central striker. I think that uh, um, you
0: know. Yeah, I, I guess I'm follow up question. I'm I'm because he had like sort of his hot run in the second half of the season. And people in fantasy are sort of attributing a bit of that to Emery and like the team playing better. And I know he finished over his XG, but he was also putting up really big XG in that second half run, like put a lot of point sevens in there and matches where he was scoring and stuff like that. I guess what I'm asking is like, did, do your numbers show that? Is he possibly taking another step forward or would you expect just sort of same normal season which is still good but you know
1: yeah i I mean you you can't rule anything out unai emery does not have like a, a major history of of getting great performances out of his strikers he's had a lot of you know workman like strikers in in high possession teams yeah and as and villa da- down the stretch last season they they had a so it's a weird run under Emery because it starts out quite poorly, yeah, and then picks up, and, and they did uh, uh, da- down the down the the last like month or so of the season play at 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 a, at a pretty high level. Yeah. I am, um, it's 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 not it's it's less to if if you look at the aggregates, it's not that good. You have to cut out the first part and emphasize the second part of Emery's tenure to yeah. make it look that good. And Emery has a pretty long history managing. Like he's done a done a good job, but <laughs> I, I I think that like you would I would want to see you, some like I feel like I know who Unai Emery is. I feel like I've seen Unai Emery teams play a lot of football, yeah. and it is it's good. He gets po- I think he is a positive manager, and he also has some like. Has, has some weirdly amazing uh, knock knockout tournament uh, r- results. But he, for the most part, likes to play a very defensive pos- possession style. He likes to get a lot of defensive work out of some of his tens, and he likes to have one or two runners who are going to be getting shots on the end of it. And for Villa his team was much more attacking than usual and also put up somewhat worse defensive numbers than usual. Yeah, And if you're looking at him as someone who's now going to get continuing more attacking value out of his players, that's a different Unai Emery. That's Unai Emery adapting to something very new. I would tend to expect him to be what he's been and to play a team that is going to be a little bit more conservative and is going to do is going to be less aggressive with their possession so like it's hard for me to say that a small part of Unai Emery's tenure at Aston Villa which also was like unusual for Aston Unai Emery's quite good career is thus going to like translate into big numbers for his striker that's a lot of steps I don't care for
0: I hear you what about Diaby, who could be that other runner and that other shot getter and that other goal scorer for them
1: yeah so he has put up um i'm I, I we absolutely need more work done on what's going on with uh bundesliga translations in the same way that um that that we need more work on and that we have for a long time need more work on um on Eredivisie on, on translations, right, right? It seems it seems very clear from players that have come through both of those leagues, and it, that there are. It's not that there is what they what the the people online call the Bundesliga tax. Like clearly, some skill sets translate and some don't.
0: Right. That's um, I interesting. Mean,
1: the thing that I would always used to say about about the um about the Eredivisie was that both Luis Suarez and Vincent Jansen were like top Eredivisie scorers. <laughs>
0: and that's yeah, pretty amazing. And, and, and
1: like Suarez comes over and just does the same stuff he was doing um and, and and other guys flop. And so the question is what is it that makes you a sort of peculiarly Bundesliga or peculiarly
0: Eredivisie mm. player. Right.
1: And I think that I definitely worry about players with Diaby's skill set. There is a lot of room behind Bundesliga defenses. And there and, and, and yeah. there is um and, and so There's and so players who really are focused on exploiting that space, which is what he does. He is a he runs in behind and he carries and then he's very very good once he's done that. About picking passes, and so and and, and so his, his, his numbers end up being high expected goals assisted with relatively few uh, touches and without yeah. amazing passing numbers because what he's doing is he's being able to play those most valuable of passes where you've beaten the defense, gotten your head up, and you're looking for someone who can basically tap it in, and. I definitely like, this is not me saying I think Musa Diaby is going to fail. I, I do not have not done the work to really identify this. Um, but I definitely do worry about, um, whether the things that he has done the best in his career look like the kinds of things that are somewhat easier to do in the Bundesliga. Um, I think that you would want to look at his international numbers as well here. And, um, and, and they are quite good. They are quite good. Um, he, he's, he's been in the, you know, in the champions league and in the Europa league, uh, last season in the Europa leagues, the season before that, he continued to produce the same kinds of numbers. So that like, so I'm sort of I've got these 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 two things in my head. One is that his profile as a player worries me. The other is that the thing you would test that against is okay how do you do outside of the um outside of the Bundesliga and and we have here over the last two seasons um like 1600 minutes in uh in 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 in, in two reasonably competitive european competitions in which he was a, a productive a, a quite productive attacker. Yeah. So I'm very much of two minds. I think we really need more work done on exactly what constitutes Bundesliga problems.
0: I know. I was about to say rewind to me a year ago being like, I don't know, Holland, like there's so much space against these Bundesliga defenses. Is he going to be good here? And then, you yeah. know, 40 goals later. Go exactly. I th- I th- yeah. Um, let's jump to Brentford. Uh, interesting one with Tony's suspension. Um, So, first of all, I mean, Wissa is a big talking point in fantasy, as you'd imagine. He's cheap, and he should start every game in place of Tony until Tony returns in six months or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. what are you seeing from Wissa? How can he replace Tony's production? And Bumo is part of this as well. They're both, like, very much... Trendies, but sort of feel a little bit risky because maybe brentford's just going to be bad because tony's their best player
1: yeah so brentford last season got uh t- tony had been a pretty consistent producer like another level lower than this for a while and this last season was the first season that that tony put up those like you know over 0.5 xg and xa per 90 and 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 goals minus yeah penalty kicks to match it he really had not been that player before and and then on top of that Mbumo took a big step forward mostly in that he was assisting a lot more good chances and so those two things happened at the same time you have a a, a big step forward in 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 Tony's production in, in, in shots and goals, and a big step forward in Mbumo's production in assists yeah. and XA. And like how to separate those two things out, I don't really know. I, I, I do think that, you know, last season was, I was somewhat shocked how good Brentford was. Incredible. I I expected them to do more to build out their team. And they stuck with this very, very cheap, mostly guys from their championship run season, and it worked again, which I I think is a a very impressive achievement. So, you know, I'm I'm less compelled by the regression to the mean argument than I would have been last season. Yeah, Yeah. But like you're still looking at just a minuscule payroll and that does tend to project so like the the baseline for them should be a little lower at the same time like you know they're going to attack with two guys yep they're going to attack with Bu- Mbumo and 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 most likely v- Vissa and between the and and even Mbumo like the season before and he had a bad finishing season the season before but he was at like you know 0.4 xg plus xa per 90 and, and, and if Vissa is doing something similar or a little bit higher, but he's playing all of those minutes, like that adds up to you yeah. know a fair number of goals. I, I am I am I am pretty skeptical of them. Um, I'm pretty skeptical. I think that they both got uh, they they got breakout seasons from Bumo and Tony that you would expect some regression from and then they and then the, you know I, you know Visa has not produced at the same level as Tony so you expect less there. but you know it does seem to me that what I think what you're talking about in terms of fantasy is the is the pretty high certainty that these are going to be the guys yeah and so what goals are there will come from them. Yeah. but yeah I, I I'm kind of skeptical of exactly how good Brentford can be again with such a shoestring roster.
0: Well, Witsa is also just an interesting prospect too, right? Because he was playing in Ligue 2 and mm-hmm. put up good numbers. He had one season for Lorient where he was the main man in Liga, and then he's just been a backup for two seasons. And yep. so it's all just like, it's mostly like sub minutes, a lot of wing minutes. I, I feel like when I watch him, I like what I'm seeing. And I think he's good, but I feel like it's hard to statistically be like, oh, this guy's definitely good or how good. It's a hard thing for me to to say. Yeah, that's
1: a. I think um, you know the the one thing with him is that his very those that that very impressive season for Lorient. This is something we. This is actually one that I have not clocked before. But um, he was under two shots per ninety and at point four xg per ninety, which is crazy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think, and and he has remained at Brentford. At Brentford, he's been around two shots per. It's so actually a little bit better, while his xG has dropped by a lot. His xG is now running at a much more normal forward xG per ninety in the range of like you know a little you know like 0.13. like that. That's more normal, and that's I would be relatively skeptical of how much you could do with his um with his XG per shot
0: at L'Orient. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how much possession poss- possession adjustments might matter or not matter for shot production, but you know, Lorient were a newly promoted team that season who finished sixteenth, so I imagine they weren't very good. Yeah. Um let's go to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, just Is it possible that they're good with how much movement they've had and how much changeover they've had and how new the squad is? Like, what is their actual like range of variance? Because I'm having a hard time just wrapping my head around that. It's so
1: large. Yeah, Chelsea were just not good last season. Like, usually when you've got like a Premier League, a, a, a really good Premier League team. That drops out of, of 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 the race. What their numbers look like is somewhat more like Tottenham's last season. Mm. You know, uh, you know, positive goal difference, positive xG difference, but like you good. know, worse than Brighton. Are how much are they better than Brentford? That kind of thing. Chelsea were just like a mid, the lower part of mid table. They finished in the lower part of mid table, and their goal difference and their expected goal difference look like the lower part of mid-table. Yeah. And, and I think that a, a weird thing is happening with people talking about Chelsea, which is not necessarily uncompelling, but just something had to be wrong. Everyone projected this team to be in the top four chase oh, yeah. last season. And they had been in the top four chase the season before and then they were bad instead and that <laughs> makes no sense and we don't have and, and we've gotten like relatively little clear you know that they, they they that certainly they had injury problems but like you know Mason Mount and they don't have Mason Mount anymore but Mason Mount's production just disappeared and uh, R- R- raheem sterling Yep. went uh, his, his his production falls off by like 50 percent and i and like, I, don't, I don't i just don't know what to do with this they they spend a, i mean certainly they they go and then they go and sign a bunch of young players who did not have particularly compelling statistical profiles and then you're getting you know 650 minutes from mudrick and majueke and guys who just like you know you don't expect them to be that good and they're not that good yeah like felix was worse than he'd been in,
0: mm. in
1: in la liga so are we talking uh, with with some of the young guys like their production was about at the level that you kind of expect but everyone else falls off what does that mean
0: right i don't know <laughs> yeah no one knows right i mean i th- the last time they were this bad, they won the league the next year with Conte and everything went just back to normal, right? Like mm-hmm. Hazard had that weird like four goal season and everyone was terrible and then they were just back to normal. I feel like they they maybe just quit on the team, quit on the man- managers, I should say. But um, yeah, so a bunch of new guys and new attackers, you know, that's always interesting for fantasy. So mm-hmm. Nkuku got hurt. So maybe not relevant, but I'm still curious like where you're at on him because you pull up his FB ref page and you're just like, Oh, this is the best player in the world. Like, what the hell? You know, like all of his numbers are out of control and yeah, it's the Bundesliga and it, but you and Mike seem a little uh is he that good tweener kind of guy on him on your podcast. So I was I was kinda of curious, like, what's the deal with that? Like his comps are Mbappe and all all these guys, you know? I'm like, how good is he?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he has been producing at, you know, a high level in the Bundesliga ever since he got there. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's, it's an, it's an unusual profile in the way that he two seasons ago took this really big step forward in shots. Went from a guy who was taking um, you, you, you know last season and at, 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 at th- nearly three and a half shots per ninety. he yeah. took a you took a big step forward in xG per shot as well. So you, you you go from you know you go from five and six goals to twenty and sixteen goals. Something like that. That that overstates it a little bit, but that is
0: more oh, or pens less too.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that, all, all that overstates a little bit, but he is getting. Uh, you know, more and better shots. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that pops for him, which I think is just really interesting, and and is that he has been a pretty great passer sort of all across his numbers. He is, he has incredibly high pass completion for a forward for all of the passes that he is making. He's making a ton of passes into the penalty area, um, a lot of, and, 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 a, and a lot of progressive passes, and so like it makes sense that he would be assisting so many shots. Um, that that was you know, his first two seasons at Leipzig, he was like you know three and a half shot assists per 90 and that dropped off more down to like two shot assists per 90 as he became more of a finisher as he like yeah. shot in more of those situations. It was played into more of those situations. Um So it is a, it's a profile of an attacker who kind of does everything for their team. And I think that the, the question to me is exactly what What does this translate into in the Premier League? Are they really going to do what Leipzig did? Is he able to do what he did for Leipzig where he's like the whole thing? He's right. the show. He is still assisting a couple shots per 90 while got getting on the end of, 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 of three shots per 90. And he's basically in the middle of every very good attack pa- passing, passing move. He's making a lot of progressive passes. He's making a lot of passes in the penalty area. He's doing everything that you could want from a forward. And yeah. my guess is that he's going to have a more limited and prescribed role In the Premier League. And so then where does that translate out in his numbers? Um, And and so like. That probably translates out in fewer shots. That probably translates out in him being more of the guy who is trying to create for other players. Certainly with. um, And and so and so that's I I, I would I'm kind of interested in like if they can get the whole Nkunku package. To translate, certainly that's a superstar. Yeah. I, I I kind of expect that one of those things is going to fall by the wayside and we're and they're going to try to focus more on one specific area of his production rather than running the entire team through him the way that Leipzig did.
0: And that's because of the league difference, or just because tactically that's, you know, Poch isn't like we're not going to run our. This isn't messy. We're not going to run our entire team through him, or like why? Yeah, why it, do you it, expect that? You know?
1: Yeah, and it's 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 definitely it's it's the league difference, and it is you know the the way that Leipzig have been constructed. This is uh like they were when Unkunku was fit. You know he. If you if you look at the uh, you know they they you know, he was it was they they had they'd have Andre Silva and Timo Werner as as attackers and they'd they'd have Soboslai as another passer and um like he would the, the the guy that you would want to focus everything through would be Unkunku whether it was yeah. Soboslai passing it to him or him creating for those two strikers he would be the linchpin in either of those things yeah and I am. I, I, and, and with the number of players that Chelsea have who, who want to be on the ball, like, I am not sure how much he's going to be the guy who's just like always on the ball in the middle of a big, big attacking move.
0: I see. Yeah. And then what about Nico Jackson, who might actually be the recipient of a lot of these passes, right? And yeah, we, and, I think and, and, we expect him to play nine and then Kuka to sort of be behind him floating around, right?
1: Yeah. And 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 Jackson is 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 another interesting one. I, I got a player that I like a lot. But one of the things that really sticks out in his numbers, you know, there, there there's there's certainly a fair bit of air in his finishing last season. But even taking that, you know, eight XG and, and 12 goals, even taking that out, it's 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 good numbers. But what really pops for him is that he does other stuff on the ball. Okay. At, you know it's, it's it's a shot light striker just uh 2.3 shots per 90 and high xg per shot so you expect some amount of um of regression there what what what's really impressive is he's a he's a good outlet running the wing or running the channel f- and then once he receives the ball he's very good at making the next pass whether it's a uh, whether it's a pass in the penalty or whether it's just you know safely retaining possession high pass completion good numbers of 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 progressive passes and carries and then and then going along with that good numbers of shot assists and what what makes his numbers stand out and what makes him look like a really good buy is not him getting on the end of things at a hugely high rate and it's a relatively low number of shots it's everything else and and I, mm. and I like that a lot in his profile um and so it's you can imagine with him and Unkunku, either that having two guys who like being on the ball that much together is like too much of that. Yeah. Like, uh, they're going to, the the, the, the the question for, for, for Chelsea is how do they get enough shots out of two guys who really like, and a big part of their profile is creating shots for other players. Right. How does that balance out? And right. you would really like. It would be nice if there was somebody there. Honestly, like I know that everyone Chelsea hates him. And he's clearly unhappy. It didn't work out. But like a Zhao Pedro is is a Zhao Felix is exactly the guy you'd want. Somebody all they do is got on the end of other people's. Chances. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's yeah. it's a weird balance, and like they're that that's what they're gonna have to work out. Um, with like. With questions about how things translate from the Bundesliga plus the tackle bounce, it's it's a really interesting question. I think that, like, I like both of these players. I like both of these signings. I think that, you know, are they elevating a team from the mid-table? Are they elevating a team that, like, throw away last season away? They're, they're, they've got, like, the third or fourth hot largest payroll in the league, yeah. so they should be the third or fourth best team. Those, that, that's... The, the, the bigger question that's is. That's why exactly. the range
0: is so high, right? Yeah. It's, it's where, where do you begin? Do you begin from a 12th place team or do you begin from a fourth place team? Yep. Yeah. Um, can you explain to me, like I'm five years old, why 2.3 is light on shots and three is a good, good on shots, three per yeah, 90 so- and 2.3 per 90? Cause on the season, that's what 25 ish more shots. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I mean, two point five is more shots. If you're if you're getting high rates of xG per shot, you're talking like you know four goals. That's that's a lot of goals. Yeah, um, I think that uh, one one thing here is is it's worth noting the the the, the difference in um, in position with uh, getting uh, get, getting three shots per ninety while playing as a striker. Is sort of like basically the the, the the line like what you're looking for in like a a big like superstar shot striker like shot monster numbers is four shots per ninety or more. Kane, exactly. Yeah, um, that was what popped in his numbers from a, when he was very young, and, and and for the most part, shots are a shots are a, a are a young player skill. When you when you look at uh, age curves, what tends to happen is that players come into the league at about the highest level of shots per 90 they're going to have. Maybe you can have a little bit of a spike later, but it tends to... And, and, and the way that they improve is by maintaining that shot level while increasing XG per shot. And you can kind of think of it. It makes sense. Like makes As sense. you learn the game, you learn the spaces. You're better at getting into better positions to get shots, and that's more of an old player skill. Oops. And that's how strikers tend to age. Kane is aged that way. Kane gets fewer shots yeah. than he used to. But gets very good shots. And he also, but, st- add, he's added like shot assists, which is less usual. But, to, um, so when you have a young player who is playing as a striker, like Jackson yeah. was, yeah, you really want to be in the threes because, mm. like, when you're dependent on old player skill, if you're dependent on getting, um, having very high XG per shot. And what you expect is that the shots are going to decline, and that means the yeah. XG per shot needs to get even better. And and that is relatively unlikely. Um, I see. Where, whereas, uh, you know, Unkunku, because there's so much other stuff in the profile, you know, um, getting over three shots per 90 like you know that's a you know an okay at least okay striker number And then he was getting pretty good shots for the most part um when you're also getting all of those shot assists and and a ton of possession value as well that's a huge shot number um it's not that um not that like 3.3 shots is you know that makes a player
0: yeah it is that that
1: plus all of the other stuff that you're getting is very very good
0: yeah, and it's a lot of this is well. I mean, it's fantasy relevant, but some of this is projectability, which, like mm-hmm. in fantasy, we don't really care about because yep. we're just looking at one season, right? So it's yep. interesting. Um, maybe last team. Um, let's just talk about Newcastle. Um, I know that you guys are sort of low on them and don't like their transfers that much. I think a lot of people I've, I'm seeing are low low on them. I mean gambling markets still have them as like one of the six best teams and their numbers were very good last season. So I'm curious like, why are you low on them? What is quote unquote air in their numbers and and just talk about Newcastle for a sec.
1: Yeah. So the the simplest thing is to just look at them as like the mirror image of Chelsea. Mm. And no one thought they were top four team coming into the season. Right. And they did not play like a top four team even in their, you know, good run under Howe after the the ownership switch and after they, you know, went and got some, like, you know, perfectly solid better defenders for a couple of different positions. So if you are looking at Chelsea and saying we shouldn't project them as one of the as like, you know, a mid table team just because they had one mid table season. The same is true of yeah. Newcastle. They re- right. and like because their owners have come in. Obviously, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia has unlimited money. They are not putting unlimited money into Newcastle right now. Newcastle do not have a wage bill that is as large as Tottenham's. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's they are not right now spending the kind of money like we expect that they will. Well, I, I, th- right. I think that, that, that it seems pretty clear to me that one, this is like not the main thing that Mohammed bin Salman is paying attention to. He's much more invested in in, 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 in the in the sporting leagues that they are buying yeah. in golf and 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 in obviously the, the the Saudi Pro League. And they are also trying to follow the rules more or less. They're trying not to get on UEFA's bad side yet, at least. And so. <laughs> You know, I I could go into like the geopolitics of all of this, but like for fantasy and for like projecting next season, what it means is that this just isn't yet the team you think of when you think of, oh, yeah. they're an oil money club. They are right. not right now an oil money club in their in their actual present spending on wages and players. Mm-hmm. So betting on them as a fourth place team, as a as a top four team, is betting on them significantly overperforming the actual resources that are put into the team right now.
0: And the uh, the other part of that bet a little bit is like we got a sneak preview of the oil right when Callum Wilson gets injured last season in August and five days later they spend like seventy million on Esoc, right? yeah so like that's always possible, right I think that's like baked into the gambling markets, et cetera, right is that like January maybe they just spend a hundred fifty million and it's like, oh wow, they're good now, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and um, so I think, I think that, that, that you that gives them a clear advantage over most of the other teams in the mid table. Yeah. But, and I think that within another year or two or three, they, 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 they should be there so long as that they're, they, they spend that money reasonably well. Um, the other thing is that like, there were two big things that happened for them in attack and defense. One was that Callum Wilson had the season of his career. Um, yep. and, and you know, you know, 0.85 XG and XA per 90 with you know goals and assists to match like that. Like Callum Wilson's been a good player for a while, but like I don't think anyone projects Callum Wilson to do that again. And you know, that that is going to be a loss. They they may they may get somewhat better production out of Isak but I don't think that they should accept that. And then the other thing is the defense was was legitimately amazing. They were the yeah, probably the best defense in the Premier League over, over last season, or at least one of the top two. And um, yep. and 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 a big part of that, I th- and, and so part of that is like, you know, you just sort of you know, the 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 dumb thing is to say, well, they weren't one of the best def- defenses in the league the year before that. They so aggressive. The mean they also basically played the same back for the entire season. Mm. They they, they yeah, um, fitness was good. Really, really high levels of fitness. So if you're looking for, if you have a question of why was this team so shockingly good defensively? and you have a real outlier in terms of the number of the the repeated minutes that all of their defenders got to play together, and then three of those defenders are 30 years or older at the same time, like, they have some injuries, they have some decline, they have some rotation, the relationships aren't as good. That is how that regression to the mean would happen. Right. I think it it, it comes, uh, so, like, Right now, I, I have, uh, I have Newcastle a little bit, you know, I think that the, I think that the, you know, the top of the league is City and then Arsenal and then probably, and, and then like, uh, a City group of, and then Arsenal, four or five and, teams. <laughs> and, and then, I, I mean, I think that, that United and Liverpool are then somewhat ahead of, um, of, of, of Chelsea. Spurs Newcastle, Chelsea, and Newcastle. Spurs, yeah, and Brighton, and Brighton, yeah. And so, it, like, I kind of, I kind of yeah. teared out like one team, one team, two teams, and four teams.
0: I guess that right. that
1: that, that that's, that's, that's that's very nice math, isn't it? And then
0: there's the bottom ten teams who could all get relegated, but we don't care about them in fantasy because yep. they're <laughs> bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's end it there, Michael. Um, where can people listen to your pod and follow you and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This yeah, is uh, this is this is fun. This is the sort of thing. This is certainly uh, this is a little more. T- it's kind of fun. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I have an analytics pod, and it is it's a little bit less like reading off numbers and explaining them yeah. than this yeah, was. Yeah. This is really fun for me. We do this <laughs> we do this on at sometimes with some, but we do cover a couple number of things. But we, we a podcast called the Double Pivot, where we talk about it's an it's an analytics podcast looking at players and teams but also sort of st- trying to to step back and use those same methods to talk a little bit about tactics in a, in a, in an analytically focused way and to talk about larger issues in football again using the same kind of critical and uh, and, and rigorous thing they try to bring to statistics. So that's at patreoncom pivot if you want to take a look at what we're doing.
0: Yeah, and I can vouch. I, it's the only podcast I'm subscribed to on Patreon. I'm a big fan, Michael. This is your third time on the podcast, so obviously I'm a fan. And you know, the it's not a fantasy podcast, but the like player profiles, team previews, all that stuff is. You know, I learn a lot, so check it out for sure. Thanks. Thank you. I'll see you later. Bye. Sports Social Podcast
1: Network.